Two in with Sergio and the vet is back for another week. I am the aforementioned vet and Sergio. How are you today? Hey, yeah. What's up, dude? What is going on? What's going on in this world of professional wrestling, Sergio? Uh, a lot, actually. Lots going on this week. Jordan Miles making the uh, making the headlines. Jordan Miles making the head. Okay, Jordan Miles. All right. Um, he was, well, tell, he was tell tweet, the- he was. Oh, he was tweeting so much. I started to think it was a work. I'm still on the fence. <laughs> well, we all know how to determine whether it's a work or not. It's the opposite of whatever Sergio thinks. Well, why don't you tell the people kind of the whole story of what happened? So basically, um, I don't know how long ago it was that day that WWE released like a million NXT shirts and I was looking through it today and even people that have never been on TV have shirts. So basically everybody has a shirt. Mm. So now Jordan miles shirt. Now let me, let me ask you this. Wasn't his gimmick. Jordan miles. Awesome miles. That's his I, gimmick, right? He smiles. I don't really know what his gimmick is to be honest. Or that's the, At that's least the not catchphrase. Was it? I, I, I'll be honest. I just don't remember. Okay, I'm. I'm almost. I'm pretty sure it's awesome. Miles, Jordan Miles. That's the thing. He comes to the ring. He smiles really big. Okay. Well, anyways. Well, he always. So he Hitch, always has. You know, every time I've seen him, from the first time I've ever seen him to now, you know, he that that's kind of been what he does. Even if he didn't make it a catchphrase or anything. But anyway, continue. So I guess, and uh, I had to look. Everyone was. So basically, he's he says, okay, I guess apparently the shirt's racist, mm-hmm. and and I didn't see how. So he starts tweeting saying how WWE doesn't care about black people and how his shirt is racist. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't understand why it's racist. It's, it says Jordan Miles. I didn't get it until I did enough research, and people started saying it's blackface. And so now that I look at it, I'm like, okay, well... Smiling is his gimmick. WWE t-shirts are black. Lips are red and teeth are white. So, I don't know. I mean, I I can see the uh, racist undertones, but I think it's one of those situations, in my opinion, that if you look hard enough, you'll see anything, like conspiracy theorists. Mm -hmm. So, nonetheless, Jordan Miles goes on a huge Twitter rant um, with the hashtag for the culture, saying the company doesn't like black people. He even, uh, he even tags Triple H and Vince McMahon in the tweet, saying that he didn't approve of that shirt, he doesn't like it, it's racist. He then even buries ROH and says, I'm trying to find the tweet here, how they only allowed one African-American to be the quote-unquote top guy, while guys like Cedric and Malcolm Mavelli, I'm not sure that is, had to chase the visible carrot on a stick. Uh, let's see here. And then he called Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom, which I guess, is that like when a black person tries to pretend like they're a white guy or something? Uh, I don't think this is really the place to get into the history of Uncle Tom's cabin and where the reference comes from. But let's just say it's shorthand, it used in shorthand uh, to call somebody a sellout. Okay. All right, well. He says the WWE system is a fraud. They create a system where you can't trust anyone, and you grow cold, and you grow apart from what you love. Then he then he tags Hulk Hogan, 
<laughs> and then it says, Hulk Hogan's still employed after giving the locker room an apology for being caught. Says enough. Hashtag for the culture. So he's just pretty much throwing out all these big names, almost like he's either trying to get fired or it was just so outlandish to me. I, I, I'm like, okay, this has to be a work. And that'll be a great, for 2019, that'll be a great gimmick in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't see that being something that WWE would do, but I think it'd be great. But nonetheless, um, yeah, that's what he did. I'm not, I personally aren't a big fan of like pulling out the race card and I don't know. What do you, what do you think about it? Well, first I want to say that he did, um, he did delete a lot of the tweets since then. And he went to Instagram to make an apology for being unprofessional. Not for what he said, but I guess more or less um, for just doing it on social media instead of some other way. Uh, that's that's kind of what happened. So that that's where we're at now. Like he may, he may have uh, he may have apologized to you know for calling people out, like calling Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom. Um, you know he's he 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 he. he, he he basically apologized for the behavior, but not the content, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and one of the tweets also I noticed, um, I guess if you follow people on Twitter, if enough of them like something, you'll get the notification that they liked it. Right. So I noticed that Matt Riddle, I think a few other guys liked one of his tweets where he tagged Triple H and Vistic Man. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of ballsy. Um, some of the other for the record, some of the, I don't want to leave anything out here before I, I make a comment. Um, some of the other tweets that he made were talking about, um, you know, when people were saying that uh, he uh, he had approved of the shirt before and now waited until they released it so that he could go on this Twitter tirade. Um, and he's saying that he he posted one of his tweets was an email um from i forget the guy's name um but basically saying basically what he said was uh he had a conversation with this guy and the guy told him that triple h had approved or he wanted a certain you know like he basically triple h he said he told he told him triple h likes this uh not necessarily just the final shirt, but whatever it was they were talking about. He said, Triple H likes this, so my hands are tied. Basically trying to play that card of, like, my boss said, so we have to. And then he said, and then and then Jordan Miles talked to Triple H face-to-face later, and Triple H was under the impression that Jordan Miles had okayed the design. So it's that typical, you know... You hear about this in the writer's room a lot, too, you know, where you'll somebody will give a wrestler a promo and they'll be like, "Um, can I change this or that? And the writer will say something like, this is exactly what Vince wants you to say uh, when Vince probably had no idea what they wrote. You know what I mean? Like you hear stories like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's saying that uh, this that this shirt design was something that he was uncomfortable with and they showed it to him. And when they showed it to him, it wasn't on a black t-shirt and 
then when the shirt went up for sale, it's on a black T-shirt. So it's like he's seeing it for the first time, um, which he wasn't. But, you know, like it, it like you said, you're looking at it. You didn't even see it. Um, and so maybe maybe he didn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'll leave it up to the people to look into it, how much they want. Um, as far as like what happened, what he what he tweeted, if you can find any of the, the tweets that uh, he didn't delete. Let's start with the shirt itself. So you told me about this and I looked it up and my first reaction was, Jesus Christ, how in the fuck in 2019 does shit like this happen? Now, I'm not going to go out there and say, do I think. Do I think that someone someone sat in an office and said, hey, guys, let's make a blackface shirt to make fun of Jordan Miles? Like, do I really think that happened? No. What, I, what do I think happened? I think that somebody came up with some something that they thought was clever and they were, at the very least, just ignorant of the entire history behind everything so what they think is innocent actually has deep-rooted um connotations and like the the problem isn't necessarily the shirt because it could be any shirt and if i'm not mistaken if you go to the wwe shop you like go to somebody's shirt and you can pick like what color the t-shirt is is that do you know if that's the case I don't know exactly. I know some guys had different color shirts based upon their gimmick and what they wrote in the ring. Like Velveteen Dream had purple. You know, Street Poppers had red. But for the most part, they all had black. But you probably could. I can I can look that up. Because they show that on the commercial for Shop when they show like a Finn Balor like wearing one of his own shirts. And it, it shows him wearing the shirt and the shirt's changing colors as he's wearing it, which is something that I know that some t-shirt shops do. Like you just order, you can order like a custom made t-shirt and they can, you can have it be on whatever color shirt you want and the design will be the same. So this could be one of those situations where, but even so, like you had to know, um, you have to be aware of possibilities like this. And you think that in the kind of scared culture we live in, in a corporate environment that there's no way that something like this could get past a certain amount of people to where nobody would say, Oh, if someone puts it on black shirt, this is going to look horrible. So we're going to have to rethink this. Like this really did get all the way through to the process of getting put up on the store. And I think that is kind of that, that either shows like either this was either they knew this, either like certain people knew this and, it was entertaining to them and it was a rib to them and they wanted to see if anybody would catch it and how far it would go, which that's kind of far-fetched. But if it was any other business but the wrestling business, I'd say that's too far-fetched. But because it's the wrestling business, I'd put it in there as a very slim possibility. What's more likely is the fact that you got a lot of young people there who are just ignorant, okay? This is the, the, the shirt itself... There's nothing offensive about it, but 
the iconography calls into memory like a period of time in our nation's somewhat re- disturbingly recent past. Like it's been less than a hundred years when it would be no big deal for people to get together and throw a picnic while they hang an innocent black dude from a tree. Like we're not that far removed from that kind of behavior. And that stuff is, you can look up, if you Google blackface, you will see some of the, <laughs> the, the most, let's say interesting, um, like paintings, um, sculptures, toys, books. Like this stuff was just so common at a certain period of time and people didn't think anything of it. And it was a long time ago, but nonetheless, it's not so long ago that no one should know what kind of images and what kind of uh, what kind of memories that could that could call up for people. So the fact that something like this could make it to this level in a in a corporate environment in 2019 is very disappointing and disturbing. Um, that's the racial aspect of it. As for a shirt, that shirt just sucks. I'm sorry, like. That's a boring shirt. Like, you might as well have just put a black shirt with white letters that said Jordan Miles on it. Like, you know, like when The Rock would come out with a new shirt like every two weeks and it would just be like a plain black shirt with plain white letters saying a phrase like just bring it or, you know, smack down or smell what The Rock is cooking. It's like, you gonna pay $25 a pop for a boring ass shirt like that. I mean, the shirt is just bad. It, it sucked. So it's a boring shirt. I mean, Jordan Miles comes to the ring and he does like a very specific pose. I mean, you could have put that on a shirt, his little pose that he does or, or something like you could have you could have done a few different things. And, and what you get is this. And I can't imagine anybody wanting to pay twenty five dollars to wear this, no matter whether it's racist or not. So yeah, I, think the, I think the, I think the idea is they're trying to, they're trying to design their shirts to make it a little bit more like a normal cool looking shirt, if you will. So like that would be like a logo. So it's like less men are going to buy a shirt that has Jordan miles with the shirt off in the ring posing, I think versus just rocking his uh, name on it. If that makes sense. No, I understand what you're saying about like, that's, having that's a, my, that's my perception. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying about having like a dude with the shirt off, you know, like I get that, but it didn't have to be, it could just be like, it could be like a silhouette or something. You know, it doesn't have to be something that nobody would want to wear, but it's got to be something unique enough to the point of like, why are you wearing it? You want people to kind of know um, what it is that that you're wearing and just a, a shirt that just weirdly says the name of some guy. It's not even a real like, you know, the, the name Jordan Miles in itself is like shows like the laziness and half-ass racism of the WWE anyway. It's just like they asked a black person to come up or they asked a white person to come up with two black names of people that are famous that they would know, like Michael Jordan and Miles Davis. Okay. Uh, well, how about Michael Davis? No, that's not black enough. Well, how about Jordan Miles? Okay, perfect. That's your new name. Uh, you know? I'm sure, I'm sure he, I'm sure he, he probably, he probably came up with it himself to be honest. He, he probably did, but I mean, you know who 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 knows? Um, I I it's it's uh I don't know the it, it's 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 troubling. But the the one th- one thing I want to say though, I was like, I'm not gonna call him Jordan Miles. I'm just 
I'm going to call him ACH, okay? That, those, those are the initials. Those are his initials based on his, 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 real, his real name, um, Albert uh, Hardy. Uh, I don't know what the C stands for. Sorry, I forgot. Um, but I, I want to say, like, as far as, like, the tweeting part of it and what, you know, everything he said and, and the things that he said, I, I just want to say this. Uh, I respect ACH. Like, obviously, I don't I don't know him personally. I've never met him. But just what I see from him, I respect. Like, his, his physique shows me that he takes the business seriously. You know, like, thinking back to our conversation about Marco Stunt last time, and I look at that, and then I look at a guy like ACH, and I'm like, okay, I can see you take this seriously. I can see from his work that he takes the business seriously. You know, he doesn't embarrass the business. You know, he's an athlete. Uh, he has charisma. He's a big One Piece fan, so he's over with me. So when I see someone who who's uh, who's One Piece, it, it's it's uh, Google it. Um, so when I see someone who I respect as a professional in the wrestling business that has strong thoughts about the business, I want to hear what he has to say. You know, like he's saying, I want to know why he feels like that way when when he says why does he say um why does he say wwe doesn't care about black people why does he's he want to call jay lethal and uncle tom i want to know what happened that made him say that you know i want to hear his point of view and i want to understand his point of view but what i don't want to do is what i see so many people do in these situations which is try to push back and argue whether a person is justified for speaking up and speaking out, which, which always seems to happen when the subject of systemic racism comes up. Someone talks about, you know, something that they see or, or something they've experienced and white people come out of the woodwork to try and tell them why they're wrong, you know, and like quoting random statistics and studies done by people with uh, who knows what agendas instead of just shutting the fuck up and listening to what the guy's saying. Like, I don't even know what their point is. Why would anyone try to correct, quote-unquote, correct personal feelings and anecdotes? Like, why would you even argue that? If, if, if I tell you it's raining, I don't want to hear, uh, it's not raining where you are. I'm not wanting to hear it rains less than it did 50 years ago. I don't want to hear, I have the ability to get myself an umbrella and a raincoat. Uh, I don't want to hear other people are getting rained on much harder. None of that. Um, you know, I've accused the WWE of racist stuff in the past. I've done it on this podcast. So it doesn't surprise me that anyone feels the same. So I'm with the guy there. All I would say is that when you choose to go this route with the public call outs and all that, that's the most difficult path to, uh, that you can choose if you're trying to be successful. Cause what you want is to make a change in the world, but the platform that you have is now unstable and precarious. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Copland. Have you seen it with, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Ray Liotta and, uh, Copland. I have not seen that. Okay. Um, well it came out, I think it came out in 97 or 99. It, so it should meet your cutoff point. Um, but there's a scene, there's a scene where, you know, Sylvester Stallone is, is a, is an honest sheriff who wants to take down some crooked cops and Ray Liotta 
is like one of the he's like a crooked cop that's trying not to be crooked that's going to help him out but he's trying to talk to him and he's in the movie he says you know being right is not a bulletproof vest okay so now that he's done this um whether he apologized or not now either the wwe is gonna let him go or even worse they won't let him go and they're gonna keep him prisoner and we all know what happens then right so he's just gonna be tortured for whatever the rest of his career ends up being so um but i mean hey i i you know i i do wish i wish him the best of luck you know in his future endeavors uh, yeah or any endeavors you know i i i do um you know I, i'm i'm with you brother i'm with you albert um it's it's gonna be rough now but you know i, I hope things well, hold on. end up okay did you, did you just call him brother can you please edit that out oh i'm excuse me well yeah it's a wrestling term. You, can say, you can say it if you're a wrestler sergio i don't know if you know that yeah did you say it because you're a wrestler or did you say it for a different reason um okay so we're gonna take a break and uh no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> um no but uh yeah that, hey, that, speaking that's... of uh speaking of nxt merchandise I, I had to put this over real quick as i'm scrolling down the list there's a uh, car bumper sticker that says bay bay like adam cole on board <laughs> i had to put that over baby on board <laughs> You might want to get that even if you don't have a Bebe on board, just just so you can have it. Well, yeah. Um. So yeah. So I mean that, but that that's that's what I have to say about it. Um. Like I said, I, I'm I'm with him, and I, I'm curious as to why he's he he feels the way he feels because I I I want to know the kind of stuff that's happened. I mean, you hear stories about things like that happening all the time. You hear them from different people, but um. You know, I just some something set him off. So, you know, maybe that, the, that maybe, makes the me uh, maybe the perform the performance center needs to uh, have a new class called uh, racial sensitivity training. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they probably. You know, I'd be surprised if they didn't. True. It's just like that because that's where we're at now. But so, did you, anything else you wanted to add to that or? No, that wasn't for that. I, I am curious as to what happens to him next. You know, whether he gets fired, whether he gets buried, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So, All right, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I wanted to bring up the uh, Corey Graves After the Bell podcast, which uh, when I first heard about this podcast, I was like, eh. I'll give it a shot, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be politically correct. It's going to be scripted and whatnot. But it's actually a pretty legit, it's a shoot podcast, dude. Just like any other, other podcast. The only difference is he's actually interviewing people in the company, and they talk about real stuff, which was interesting. So I only got through half of it. And Seth Rollins made some pretty pretty interesting points. He was talking about, they are going over his uh, his Twitter controversy. And they, they brought up AEW. They brought up... Um, um, Damn it, Will Osprey. Uh, they brought up Kenny Omega, so they're talking about all kinds of interesting things. And then Seth Rollins made a good point. He was saying how right now he's kind of in that Roman Reigns position, to where uh, the fans wanted him in that spot he's in, and now those same those now the same fans are kind of like turning on him. And um, you know, it's okay for you know Carl Anderson or Sasha Banks to talk about how much money they make, but when he does it, he's the bad guy. 
So he actually he kind of came out like a babyface in this in this interview, and he made a lot of sense. And uh, he's right; he kind of is in that Roman Reigns, John Cena position right now, which I think is a good thing. They're still reacting. I just hope that WWE moving forward will go with the crowd versus staying stubborn in their ways. You know. Well, I haven't heard the podcast, but even if it's even just from the like the couple of things that you just now mentioned. Like that's all like I already disagree and I'm irritated with what he said. <laughs> he was basically saying um he he's he's partially kind of in character trying to stir things up, you know. He says if everyone's buddies and friends and you know, hey Kenny and Megan and I can have a good match, that's boring. He says, but if he, you know, does what he's done, which has created a lot of buzz, that's more entertaining. So, you know, granted I'm pretty sure uh you know, it's partially who he is and what he would really say, which I guess could be could be kind of douchey, but I, I, I dug it. I, I dug the podcast. I just know that Seth Rollins is getting as much heat as a baby face as he did as a heel. So <laughs> he's not really good at it. But, you know, that's fine. Everybody can't be perfect. I got no, you know, I really got nothing personal against Seth Rollins. Um, I, I don't have anything professionally against Seth Rollins. <laughs> He's just kind of there to me. Um, you know, so whatever, man. But but don't, don't like compare don't co- compare yourself to Roman Reigns. That's a douchebag move. Uh, it's a douchebag move to try to compare the way you brought up money to the way Carl Anderson and Sasha Banks brought up money. You know, it wasn't the same thing. So, I, I mean, it's just, just shit like that. It's just like, dude, just quit while you're ahead, if you're ahead, you know? You know, when if you want to speak up, why don't you speak up in the creative meetings when they have stupid ideas for you to do? You know, don't 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 speak up on Corey Graves' podcast. That's all I got to say to Seth Rollins. I mean, he, you know, I'm I, I've been meaning to. I didn't know when the when the podcast was actually available, so I haven't had a chance to listen to it. And I haven't had a chance to listen to a couple of podcasts lately. But I mean, you know, yeah, I'm sure. I'm I sure think it, it came out. I'm sure it, it came out it. yesterday. Oh yeah, that, that's all right. Um, so it's going to be on what Tuesdays from now on? It's going to drop on Tuesday. The one oh, day, so. the one day WWE doesn't have any TV on or anything. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll 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 try to check it out. I mean, I'm sure it ain't gonna be no, <coughs> ain't gonna be no two in with Sergio on the bed or nothing. But definitely not. What a nice little podcast. Yeah. All right. What else is new? Uh, okay, so Impact this week. Sammy Callahan wins the uh, Impact World Heavyweight title. Ooh. And then it's challenged by, well, I don't know if Tessa, it's official. Tessa Blanchard? Yeah. So I don't oh, know if really? that's really new. I was just but, kidding, but. <clears throat> no, for real, dude. So I'm like, so they're really, they're really pushing this intergender wrestling thing, which um, I think you and I both had the same opinion on it. We're not really down for it, right? But uh, they're, they're, they're pushing it too far, man. Like, it's one thing to have a mixed tag or a spot. But to have a woman versus a man for the world title, to me, that's that's just way ridiculous. Oh, you think that's ridiculous? Wait till she wins it, because she is going to. You know oh, that, right? She she probably is. Well, I, I heard recently that she uh, has departed from Impact, so maybe this might be her last. If that's true, this could be her last set of tapings, and maybe she's going to put them over on the way out. But yeah, you're right. You know, if that's not true, I, yeah, I'd imagine she's winning it. Wasn't wasn't uh, Brian Cage the champion before? 
He was, yeah. That's who so, Sammy Callan had beat. Right. So we've we we've already seen a uh, we've already seen Tessa Blanchard and uh, Brian Cage have a match. So I would have thought sure. they would have put it on Sammy Callahan to, you know, so because that's more believable that she could beat a guy like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, they are the same size practically. <laughs> right. Uh, she's in much better shape. She's much more believable as an athlete. Um, she probably could beat him up in a shoot, but nonetheless, yeah, I just, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I just, I just don't, I mean, I'm sorry, man. That doesn't, this has nothing to do with like equality or anything like that. It's just, it's just not, it just wouldn't be done. You know, it just would not be done. You would not put like a, a WNBA player in the NBA just for her to get dunked on and all this other stuff. You know, you're not going to put a woman softball player in Major League Baseball. It's just these kinds of things aren't done. The sports are, you know, real sports are kept separate. And you want me to, I, I guess they don't want me to, because this is impact we're talking about, like the shittiest promotion out there by a large margin. Um, and, you, you know, you, you're wanting me to believe that this kind of stuff. When, when Lucha Underground did it, it made sense because Lucha Underground was kind of like not quite wrestling. It was like a TV show kind of that was about wrestling that just yeah. happened to have live wrestling matches, but you know, it's, it, it was just a weird thing that wasn't like regular sports. So, you know, when they had intergender matches and, you know, a sexy star wins the championship and stuff is no big deal. Cause it's like, it's like a movie or something, you know, it's just, you're pretending that these are characters that could do this, but actual professional wrestling that's has some semblance of sports. Um, you know, that's presented as like a real, you know, a real world thing. It's just not something that would be done. So, but hey, you know, whatever. Just, just keep burying yourself, Impact. What did uh, What did Wade Keller say? That Seth Rollins shouldn't call himself the best because he hasn't beaten Bailey yet. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> How can you say you're the best in the world? Oh man. Oof. Uh, all right. Well, Saudi Arabia tomorrow, which I'm actually looking forward to the show now. I didn't want to watch it, but for some reason now I'm kind of intrigued. Uh, we have the first ever women's match: Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Man, hashtag for the culture. Um, <laughs> I, I I I knew this would happen eventually, so yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad it's happening because you can see like the people in Saudi Arabia, they have not anything to do with the politics that are going on between these countries. They're just regular people like us, and they just want to watch wrestling like us. And I don't, the last time when they had the crown jewel show there, whatever it was, whatever show it was, super showdown, whatever, whatever show they had there, it was like, they showed a preview of, um, you know, some pay-per-view that was coming up and they, or, or like Monday night raw or something like that. And they were showing the previews and when they put up women on the screen, like Becky Lynch and stuff, like you could hear the crowd in the background get pretty hot, you know, like they were excited. They started cheering when they saw Becky Lynch and people that weren't there in Saudi Arabia at the time. So I knew that the people wanted to see it. Um, so it was just a question of getting the government to kind of go along with it. And, you know, that's a good step if, you know, this, this is, um, this is what's happening. It's unfortunate that the match has to be Lacey Evans and Natalia for God's sakes. Like that's not what I would want to represent, you know, something like a first, a historic first like this, but eh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. I wonder why those two. I wonder of all the women, you know. Maybe because if they got uh, mobbed and killed, no one would care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a big Lacey Evans fan, so but it's all good. Well, that's all I got for the news. That's it, huh? Um, well, uh, before we um, head to break, we'll do the traditional little AEW Dark uh, wrap-up. I just watched the recent episode of AEW Dark, and there was really nothing to talk about on it. But last week, um, just a couple things real quick. Uh, Taz what, about, was a, what about how hot Leva Bates looked? Like I said, nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. Uh, Taz was on commentary last week for a guest spot. That was interesting. Yeah, that was cool. I have no comments on his commentary, but he was there. And then um, we had uh, uh, Joey Janela had like a regular match with the Brandon Cutler guy. So, you know, after I after I took him to task for uh, brushing his hair, which I'm not done with, by the way, uh, he 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 um, he wore he wore his headband out for this match, but it came off. Um, he was still brushing his hair, even when his hair wasn't in his face. He was just doing the motion because he can't help himself. <laughs> Uh, it's just a it's just a bad match that they had. Like Brandon Cutler, I know he's like the Young Bucks friend or something, but it's just the match was just bad. Joey Janela just he's bad. He sucks. He's awful. Uh, and the match sucked, and uh, the whole thing is just kind of embarrassing. Um, it was just it was just very basic. It was almost like old school WWE when you go to a live show, and they actually had an actual dark match of like a developmental guy and maybe a local guy just going out there and wrestling. That's kind of, kind of like what it was really, you know? Yeah. I will say, I will say Joey Janela does do a good job of working the crowd and kind of controlling them. I'll, I'll, I'll put them over for that. It's not a hard crowd to control, man. Like they're up for everything that anybody does in that ring. So, you know, l- let him, let him go to a real wrestling crowd and see if he can do that. Cause it's yeah. most of the, most of the people that he performs in front of, are like just the kind of people that would pay to see a fucking guy like that. You know, if he showed up on a card with real wrestlers, you know, how many people would like, what would be people, what would their reaction be to him? You know, he, he, you know, so yeah, whatever. So that's all I had for that episode. Did you have anything to say about, did you watch the new one or the, the last one? Uh, I only watched that one. Uh, let's see here. Did uh Peter Avalon wrestle? He worked somebody, didn't he? On last week or this week? Uh, one of the two. This week it was him and him and uh, QT Marshall. Oh, which, that's right. Okay. Okay. Which Jesus, the less said about that guy, the better. And oh, they had a match with Dustin Rhodes and Sonny Kiss. So you know, it was okay. It was a tag match, whatever. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Of, uh, the librarian gimmicks have grown on me. I'm actually kind of a fan of it now. That's that's all I have on that. No surprise um, there. Penelope Crew. So I, I wanted to watch. I, I like Penelope. I'm sorry, Penelope Ford. Uh, I didn't get to see that match though. I would have rather watched Penelope Cruz. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I got no problem with Penelope Ford other than her affiliation with the Bad Boy. Uh, but that's a that's one thing I was kind of thinking. Like, she came out for the match, and I was like, oh yeah, she works here. And then I was thinking, like, I haven't seen her. Like, she doesn't. She. She doesn't come out with Joey. Like they barely acknowledge that these people are like a sort of like a 
like a team or whatever. No, they're, like, they're not anymore. I, I think they may have been dating in real life. That's, that's where the team came from. And I guess they broke up. So they don't gimmick wise. They're not together anymore. So you she's want... actually, she's dating uh Kip Sabian. Okay. Well, that's a trade up, but still what's the, what's the, uh, so you want to, you want to explain to me why when she comes out, like on her graphic, it still says the bad girl. Yeah. This is, so that's, she's keeping that gimmick, the bad girl, Penelope Ford. So they're just not going to acknowledge it. They're just going to just, Oh, these guys split up. So well, they, did yeah. they expect us to know? Or we, sp- was I supposed to watch being the elite? Um, well, well, I don't, you know. Well, they they expect us to know everything else. So, what's the difference, really, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Anything else on those? Uh, no. How was the uh, Darby Allen? Um, who was it? Uh, uh, Havoc and um, shit. The other guy. Oh um, yeah, the great the other guy. Jesus Christ. I, I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, Jack was- Evans. Yeah, I, I didn't care. Any, anything? Did they do anything crazy or dumb? Um, Darby Allen did a uh, coffin drop with a chair onto Jimmy Havoc for the win. Ouch. Right. Yeah, didn't look comfy. So, all right. Well, enough about that bullshit because we still got more AEW to talk about. So we'll take a real quick break and we'll come right back and we'll pick it up with Dynamite. All right, damn it, AEW Dynamite. Um, let's just get right into it. Uh, we start out with the uh, the uh, party, private party against the Lucha Brothers. Uh, this this match literally lost me, Sergio. Like I completely lost who was supposed to be like the legal guys and whatever. I didn't even know anybody who was getting pinned at any given time. I wasn't sure those were the right people. They just kept doing stuff so much and so fast and not selling it that I just, I completely checked out. I checked out of the match and I lost what was going on and I didn't really care who won. Um, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so AEW, they, they have very poor tag team psychology. They always bury the ref tag team guys are in at the same time for too long. Um, same thing. It lost me too. The spots are the sp- like I like both teams, but they tried to get too creative with their spots to the point where it just came too choreographed, where the guys are just literally just standing there waiting for the next spot to where it's just it's just blatantly obvious. It's just, it's bad. I mean, does everybody like is everybody uh, is everybody in AEW? Are they all terminally ill? Like they're all make a wish people that don't know if they're gonna live anymore, so they have to do every move they know in every match. Because I just don't understand why they feel like they can't save anything for later. You know, you're gonna supposedly be wrestling yeah. for years on this show. You might want to save something um, for for a point when it means a fucking thing. Um, there's another thing that's been happening in these matches that I've noticed that's really irritating. I'm gonna bet a hundred bucks you didn't notice it, but. Uh, you know, when whenever the finish comes in, like when you know it's going to be the finish, and even with all the crazy shit they do, somehow you still know, you know, maybe it's just that wrestler instinct or whatever, but you just know what the finish is. You know the guy's not kicking out, right? You know what I mean? Do you get that too? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no matter what crazy spots they do, you're like, well, that's the finish, or nope, he's kicking out. 
We just know. But um, when in these tag team matches, they'll hit the finish and you know it's the finish and the guy goes for like the cover and then the the, the other partner will like go and dive onto the other guy or, or they'll they'll take him out somehow. And the referee yeah. waits till that happens before he even starts counting the pin. Have you noticed that? It's like at least the second or third time that's happened since the show's been on the air. I didn't notice the ref waiting, but uh, I was going to bring up a similar point, how every tag match now, they do that spot several times in every match to where you forget somebody's on the outside of the ring because the focus is in the ring, so it's spot, spot, spot. Then guy, then the guy just dives to the outside and, and nails the, uh, the opponent, the opponent's mm-hmm. tag partner. That's, mm-hmm. That happened like a few times in literally every tag match. And it, yeah. it, it was overdone, and, and I started to get really annoyed. Well, now it's, it's almost got... like all these matches are literally like a, it's turned into like, so back in our wrestling days, it's turned in every match. It's like a cardio drill. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's, it's at the point, you know, it's at the point now where it's like they, they know so much that the guy's going to take out the other partner that he doesn't even start counting the final pin until he does it. It's like, oh, you knocked the guy down. Okay, well, let me count one, two, three. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's weird. That's it's really more like a five or six count because the guy's got to wait. Uh, that's just dumb, dumb shit. But that is, you know, they try to make some kind of half-assed excuse like, oh, well, the Lucha Brothers are used to the Lucha Libre rules where you don't have to tag it. Yeah, okay, well, they're, they're not in Lucha Libre. They're in an American wrestling company. And if you didn't believe that or you didn't think that mattered – then let's check out the next match. Um, yeah, uh, Jim Ross, the comment, this was actually funny. They said something, oh yeah, <clears throat> what the hell did they say? You don't, have, you don't have to tag in Lucha Libre Wrestling or something. They're like, it doesn't make any sense. And like Jim Ross made some kind of like comment like nothing makes sense over there, <laughs> which is true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't. At the risk of sounding insensitive, maybe we need to go to the Performance Center for uh, training, yeah. but... But, I mean, it's just – Lucha Libre is just a different thing there. It's just a different thing. Um, but so, but that, that's all fine and everything, except, you know, this isn't – we're, we're in a tournament, you know? It's not like a special gimmick match. Like, hey, this is Lucha Libre rules. It's a, a tournament for your tag team champions. So you would think the rules would be uniform. But who cares about that? Uh, obviously, you can just do whatever you want, except – that would that would all be fine too, except now we go to the next match, which is the Dark Order versus SCU. Now, unlike the first match, um, you know, when some guy in this match is trying to come in the ring, the ref is like physically restraining them and telling them to go out to go back out. Yeah, so I you saw just, that. So you just got a 20-minute match of guys flying around the ring doing whatever the fuck they wanted, and then the next match, like someone calmly tries to step in the ring and the referee's like in their face pushing them out. So, and, and speaking and speaking of fucking over psychology, like in the middle of in the right right before Frankie Kazarian gets the hot tag, who comes in? Jericho walks up to like the luxury box, and so everybody starts paying attention to Jericho, and then Frankie Kazarian gets a hot tag and starts making a comeback, and everybody's just not paying attention. So yeah, com- bad like timing. bad timing, just horrible. Um, they got a so he's up there 
Then they um, they got a vignette of Cody backstage, but this is picture in picture, so there's no audio, so you can't hear what he's saying to the person. That yeah, that was with. that was horrible. Pretty pretty genius. Unfortunately, the audio kicks back in with Joey Janela's entrance, in which he has his uh, his rematch with Kenny Omega, and um, so and it's, and it's not a hardcore match. No, it's a regular match. How do you go from a hardcore match that everybody raved about to a regular? Remember we talked about this. I go, they can't. They can't just have a regular match now. And you're, you said watch. Yeah, I said watch them. That's exactly what I said. I said oh watch them do it. And sure enough, they did. So this match goes 14 minutes. Okay? I know you know what's coming next, right? 14 minutes. On camera, Joey Janela brushes the hair out of his face 29 times that I counted. That's, <laughs> that's on camera. He might have done more because he did five, and then they went to a commercial break and it wasn't picture in picture. So I have no idea how many times he did it then, but he wasn't doing it at first because he started the match with a hair tie and a headband. So he had like double insurance that the hair would stay out of his face, but that quickly went out the window. And by the end of the match, like most of the 29 hair brushings came in the last, you know, two or three minutes. Like he just, it was rapid fire hair brushing. So how how'd you like that? How'd you feel about all this? Uh, just I'm, I'm already burnt out. We we can solve that problem tonight. Here we go. Rematch. Hair clipper on a pole match. Kenny Omega goes over because he needs the win and wins matter, and he shaves Joey Janela's hair. <laughs> that would be great. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so ever since I brought that hair brushing up, you now you really notice it, don't you? You see how ridiculous I do it is. No, I do notice it now. Yeah. Um. It's just, it's just like, hey man, just sell. And you see other people do it, like every, like a lot of people do it. Like Seth Rollins does it. Like people do it, but most of the time, they when they do it, they're not like supposed to be selling a devastating move. They're usually doing it when they're on the offense. So if Seth Rollins is kicking somebody's ass and then he brushes the hair out of his face, it's like that's fine, you know. But if he's getting his ass kicked, like why would that be the first thing you're thinking of? Is like, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, fuck Cody, this fucking douchebag Cody gets his full entrance and pyro just to be an in-ring interview. <laughs> okay, um, he's supposed to be the babyface of the company, but this is a super heel douchey thing. Um, they're uh, they're they're planting the seeds, man. He's he's got to be heel at some point. Oh yeah, he's got to, but not 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 quite yet, because so. He's, so Jericho's still up, has been in the luxury box this whole time. Um, and he's got the whole, the whole inner circles with him. And uh, so while he's at, like, while, while Cody's in there, they, they've got air horns and they're blowing them. And every time he's trying to talk. And then he makes these references like, hey, this isn't like that other company. There's not an invisible wall here. I can just come up there. You know, like he says that as if he wasn't in that other company himself, you know, like he's not, <laughs> he's talking shit about him. Like they both weren't there. Um, and, and it's, it's, I was also kind of thinking like the invisible wall, you mean like the kind that kept anyone from saving you getting beaten up by Chris Jericho, like a couple weeks ago, that invisible yeah, wall that they kept your wife out, uh, kept the security out that invisible wall anyways. So you know, there was well, now, that. Now, that, now that now that they're in AEW, maybe it's time to uh, break the walls down, huh? 
Oh, 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 oh. my God. Um, did you write that yourself or did a writer give you that or? That was called, that was my fly, man. Oh, shit. All right. I'm, I'm, so... I'm, pulling, an, I'm pulling an NWA over here. <laughs> it can be done, folks. It can be done. Uh, so, um, anything else to say about this? They went, they, they had this big old, they had this big old fight. They seem pretty proud of doing this, this big fight they had in the concourse area. Yeah, no, nothing. I don't really have anything on this. Yeah. yeah no one cares. Okay. Um, Britt Baker was in her match with some chick named Jamie Hader. I'd never seen before. Um, no, no, hot or not. Jamie Hader. She's, uh, she's, too, she's too thick for you. No, I, I, um, she's like right, right around the right, you know, push, yeah. pushing weight limits, I would say. But she, she, I, I'll go with, I'm not a, mm, I'm not a super fan of her, but I'll say hot. You know, if, if we're doing a thumbs up or down situation, I'll go thumbs up. Um, yeah, I thought she, I thought she was so hot. I, I immediately went to her Twitter and started following her. Makes sense. <laughs> the, the, what what she did do in this match, or what Britt Baker did, any way you want to look at it, uh, the the doctor um, took a wet willy in her match. Like she 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 Jamie Hader gave Britt Baker a wet willy. I can't say I've ever seen that in pro wrestling before, so that could be a first. Um, oh, okay. A wet willy. And you're familiar, for anybody that's not familiar with the wet willy, that's when you put your finger in your mouth and then stick it in somebody's ear. Um, that was part of the heat. Um, that's one of those moves you can't no-sell. Like, you, can't no, you can't not no-sell a wet willy. It's, it's, it's gross. Yeah, it's the grossest. Um, just, yeah, so that was, uh, that's all I have to say about that. And that's really all I have much uh, left to say about the episode, other than... And I, I don't know, I forgot at first um, to write this down, so I don't know where it actually chronologically appeared in the show, but we got a vignette of Wardlow working out. I'm sure this is probably the yeah. highlight of the show for you. It was. I was I'm like, I'm, I've been waiting for him the last few weeks. I'm like, where's this Wardlow guy? And then they, showed, they finally showed another promo. You know? Um, oh, what was up with uh, Brandy attacking Britt Baker? Or, or who did she attack? Jamie Hayter? Yeah, she attacked somebody, she somebody well, backstage. I, I don't know. Well, you don't know. The, you don't know the reason. No. I was confused. Well, you're confused. I mean, I would assume this is a being the elite thing. Uh, I'll be honest, dude. Especially after the, after that show, I got so burnt out of AEW. Like they have too many matches, and their matches are too long. You know, every match is competitive. They go twelve to fifteen, whatever, twenty minutes. Um. I thought the main event looked bad, where Cody needs help, and out comes Dustin Rhodes, and out comes DDP. I just thought it was kind of a bad look. Yeah, um, yeah so like tonight is actually going to be the first night. I'm actually going to watch NXT live, and I'm going to watch the recording of AEW tonight. That's, that's where I'm at. Mark it down, folks. Did you hear that? It's history. History in the making. It's history like a wet willy <laughs> in a match. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, these guys are clowns, but I, I just, it's funny. I I just wonder how, how long the people can stay hot for this because they really want to be supportive. The the people want to be supportive. They want to, they want AEW to succeed, but they're not going to be able to maintain this level of energy if they keep getting, you know, shovel fed all this same crap. 
I mean, they kept making stuff about how it was going to be like an alternative and a sports like presentation. They haven't showed none of that. All it seems is like they're they're just copying the WWE, but they just don't even know why the WWE does the things we they do. But well, we'll we'll get to them later. Um, yeah. So it's essentially a two hour PWG show. And now PWG was cool when it happened once every few months or however however much it was. But when you're watching the same thing every week, it gets uh, it's too much. And I, and I wonder if if the AEW marks if they actually enjoy the product or if they're trying to enjoy the product. Probably both. Uh, and and the PWG also, you know, you got the sense that it was only you and a small handful of other people that were witnessing it. So it was a very different vibe. It wasn't it wasn't like everybody in the country's watching this on cable. So true. But now, there there is one piece of news. Oh sorry. Okay, go ahead. Oh, did you hear the announcement? So the main event for full gear, which is Cody versus Chris Jericho, uh, they now have a panel of three judges <laughs> to, to avoid a possible sixty minute draw. So if the match goes over sixty minutes, they're not gonna have a draw. The the judges will make a decision. So doesn't that mean they have to they have to have a sixty minute draw now, right? No. Chris Jericho couldn't do sixty minutes. Yeah, I don't think he could. Well, I don't. He's never he done worked, six, he, he worked, never done sixty minutes in his life. He worked Kenny for a while. That was a long match, but that was what a year ago. Yeah, they're not doing that. So what? So what are the? So what do you do with the judge gimmick if they're just gonna? <laughs> I don't know. Ask Ask Impact with their Grand Championship. Oh. Remember that? You don't remember that? I do. I think uh, I do remember that a little bit. I think Aaron Stevens had it for a minute, right? Yeah, they had rounds, and like the oh, judge, yeah, the judge yeah, yeah. rounds and shit like that. It's just yeah, just whatever. So let's not talk about that anymore. Um, let's move on to NXT. Uh, so Sergio, I want you to do me a favor here. Do me your do your best, and try to explain to the audience that may not know what a Spanish fly is as a move. Oh, isn't that the uh? Where the uh, guy giving it does a back does a moonsault and the guy taking it does a front flip. Is that what that is? Yeah. So how do you like how would that you know how would you how would you get into that? So traditionally, I think it's I've the first time I've seen it, it was always off the top rope. Okay. Um, the first time I seen it was when Frankie used to team with uh, Nova, and they did a tag team style, which was actually great mm-hmm. uh, off the top rope, but uh. Uh, I don't remember who did it on NXT. Was it was it Garza? Oh, don't don't get ahead of yourself. I just want you. To, I just was wanting you to kind of paint the picture for the, you know. Oh, it's how, like, how do you get into it? Yeah. Without without it be, without it looking phony. <laughs> what is the no? What does the move look like? I'm just saying. Okay, so you, oh, put, okay, the okay, guy, okay. you put the guy's arm over your shoulder, right? Like you're gonna give him the rock bottom. Yeah, um, but the person, but instead of giving the rock bottom, you do a backflip. Mm-hmm. Well, they do a front flip, so you, it's like a simultaneously, simultaneous bump. It's, right. it's, it's a cool looking move. Yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent cooperative, but you're supposed to believe that the person that's doing the backflip is so strong that he's able to pull the person with his momentum over like 360 degrees for a slam, and that's why traditionally it would be started on the top rope. 
because it seems like it would be much easier to do that from high up to fall down than it would to use the force of, you know, the force of uh, to, to, to actually pull them up from the ground. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the idea being you got to grab this guy and flip. Okay. So here's the great Nigel McGinnis's uh, commentary. Uh, when, uh, Trevor Lee, uh, excuse me, Cameron Grimes, I meant Cameron Grimes is what I said. What I said was Cameron Grimes. Uh, when he, he, he does that move called like the collision course and, yeah. and, and he goes, <laughs> Nigel goes almost a Spanish fly while holding on to his opponent. Hmm. So yeah, well. So can you do can you do a Spanish fly when you're not holding on to your opponent? Can you just use magic to <laughs> make the guy flip? I mean, I know he got a lot of concussions in his career, but I mean, can you just can you really? Wait, that would be called that would be called a Japanese arm drag. <laughs> I mean, you still got to hold on to your opponent. Yeah. Yeah. So and and uh, that, I don't know what it is about the Spanish fly that fucks up these commentators. Because Kevin Kelly was like, sometimes he'll be like, one man Spanish fly. And I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? What do you mean <laughs> one man Spanish fly? Like, you know, that, that almost makes sense in the way you described it, where it was a tag team move. Yeah. But, but since no one does that anymore, and all the Spanish flies are one man, it just seems weird that he says that. Um, there's a it's note like, here. It's like corn on the cob. When you eat corn, you don't call it corn off the cob. Right, exactly. Um, I have a note here that just says, uh, my God, Jackson Riker's quads. Like, Because the legs get any bigger. Can someone test Jackson Riker, please? Like, I mean, I just don't, I don't see how you got a guy like Cameron Grimes walking around. And then you got Jackson Riker. Something's not right. You notice nobody's failed a test in how long? It makes oh, me question. They don't it makes do it no me more. question that. Yeah, it makes me question the actual testing if it's going on or what. Yeah, I don't think it is. Uh, so, okay, we had your boy Angel Garza. Okay, he's coming out. He's, and here's here's how you know he's really like really trying to be a heel, right? Because he's he's getting he's he's leaning to women in the audience and, and letting them give him a kiss. But it's, it's like the same women that like Sergio would try to get a kiss from, which is like old fat women. <laughs> so, uh, true heel. Uh, do you have any comments on Angel Garza and his match? No, no. So the one comment I had was Leo rush on commentary. He, I know. Did you notice he really toned it down? He was almost boring. Yeah. He's just kind of playing it low key right now. Very low key, but when he did commentary on 205 Live, which I which I surprisingly saw, he turned it up. He was the old, almost heelish uh, Leo Rush. Right. So it's kind of weird. I, I wonder why. Uh, that, that was my only. That was my only comment. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I love Garza. You know, it was a good match. Who was it against? I don't even remember. Uh, was it Oni Lorkin? Was it? Okay. Uh, it seems like Oni no, Lorkin. No, 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 no. Just... no, Jack Gallagher. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, was yeah I remember. I remember it was it was my guy versus your guy. Some some pale some pale guy. Uh, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir are still doing well. Uh, we don't see them wrestle on TV very much, but every time they do, they make a good showing of themselves. 
Um, Jim Cornette put them on a yeah, little too do. strong. They do all the they do all the house shows. Yeah, they're getting a lot of practice. Right. Um, I just, I'm just going to go on record and say that uh, uh, Tegan Knox's uh, shiniest wizard should be banned since she's using knee braces, and that's just an unfair like knockout power. So we'll see if the commissioner gets to Commissioner Regal says anything about that. Um, and then, of course, you know, they had that big triple threat match, which is I'm not a big fan of triple threat matches. I don't like triple threat matches, but this was a pretty damn good triple threat match. I liked it a lot. What about you? I liked it a lot, too. There was a lot of scary spots, man. Um, whew. I know I which mean, one I, you're I, thinking of for sure. The one, the Tower of Doom thing where Keith Leaf almost fell out the ring and broke his uh, legs trying to. Uh, uh, well, yeah, well, well, there was the one where uh, they did the triple suplex gimmick and uh, Roddy Strong was off balance and almost got dropped in his head. Yeah. Remember that one? Uh, there was one where Keith Lee did that crazy freaking dive outside to Roderick Strong. Now, mm-hmm. Keith Lee's a big guy, dude. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're not really going to catch Keith Lee unless there's, like, a group of you. Right. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just glad nobody got hurt, but I watch these spots, and I, and I cringe a lot, just uh, hoping no one gets hurt, basically. This is dangerous. Yeah. The only thing... Great match, yeah. The only thing I would have changed is I would have had a... You know, I would have I had Dijak take the fall. I don't like them beating Keith Lee, but, you know, that's just because... That's because I'm looking at him different. And I watch this match and I'm just looking at the way he's doing stuff. You know, like he did do some like dives at the end, but the majority of the match, he's just kind of forearming people. <laughs> you know, it's like, like I'm a big guy and I'm going to hit you and you're going to fall down. You know, that, that's kind of exactly what I've been saying. Um, you know, I'd like to see more from him. It's just, you know, you're a huge, strong looking guy. So act like one. So, yeah. And and that all that match, of, uh, yeah. all that match did was really make me just very like, oh, if only I could book a promotion around this guy, you know, because I'm thinking ahead to the future and his eventual call up and how they're just going to screw him over and he's going to be wasted. But like, I, I just started like fantasizing about like if I had a promotion and like I would make him like my focal point and champion and all this other stuff and all this cool stuff that we would do. But that's not going to happen. So don't look forward to it. It's not gonna happen. But um, in this but in this match, you kind of got a glimpse like that that could happen. Like he could be the guy. hundred so. percent, man. Um so uh, so throughout the week they were teasing, you know, Keith Lee trying to find a partner for tonight to fight Undisputed Era. And I thought the natural choice would be uh Dajakovic, mm-hmm. but instead he chose Matt Riddle, which I thought was kind of weird. Is- I, I know they they team anyways. They've been friends. They're they're an actual tag team on the on the indies, you know, before yeah. this, yeah, sporadically. Yeah. So that makes sense. But I, I felt like Dajakovic would have been like the obvious choice, you know. Yeah. Well, I thought it would have been cool. You know, I didn't. I I if you remember, if you go back to last week's episode, I said Roderick Strong would probably take it because that's the way I was looking at their booking that they would do. I would have rather had Keith Lee take it. And then, um, you know, kind of like, kind of like him go after that and then go after, uh, you know, Adam Cole. And then maybe somewhere along the way, him and Dijak would team up and take the tag team belts off him. So it'd kind of be like that, that triple throw match would be setting up like a two on four type situation, you know, uh, of, uh, 
you know, faction warfare type thing. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping tonight maybe maybe somebody attacks Matt Riddle. Keith Lee has no partner. Keith Lee's going to fight them alone. And then maybe Dijakovic comes out and answers the calling or something like that. I mean, they can do anything really, you know. They could do that. They could do that. They kind of did that before, right? Because of Velveteen Dream, they beat him up when he was supposed to do something, right? So, oh yeah, yeah, that would make sense. So, oh, and then and then there was a you know at the very end there was a Finn Balor heel turn. But, anyways, so moving on. Um, oh, dude, what, you you didn't like it? Uh, it was it was cool. It was it was cool. It was unexpected, man. I did not expect that. Yeah, they didn't telegraph it. Like, I was waiting for a fourth guy to come out. <laughs> you know, I figured, like, oh, they're probably setting up a War Games match or something. And then, You notice, uh, too, uh, dude, Balor was laying his shit in, man. Uh, he was he was pretty stiff with uh, Gargano. That's mm-hmm. actually, so I was expecting, you know, Balor and um, Cole, you know, wrestling for the title, which, you know, we've, they've never wrestled, but, I mean, you know, we've been there and done that with Finn Balor being the main event face. So uh, this, is, this is good. Like, I, I'm actually excited about this. Now we get to see like Balor and Gargano, which I'm sure will be a great match. We get to see a heel Finn Balor. I think tonight we're gonna find out whether or not he's in the undisputed era and what's going on with that. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, let's look forward to it. Um, so I'm gonna move on to SmackDown now, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, this is like this episode of SmackDown. Now that this is uh, how many weeks they've been on Fox now? Three. So it was like the third week. The or... Third week, yeah. Okay. <coughs> now you would think that they would be putting more and more effort as time goes on to try to make a try to make a better show and get the viewership up, especially since it's been plummeting drastically. This was the worst show I can ever remember seeing, even going back to like the late two thousands. You know, wow. when I would sit there in Zeus's apartment and we would like eat Chinese food and watch SmackDown. And we're just like, this shit is horrible. But at least back then there was like Mr. Kennedy and MVP. And there was like a couple people on the show that was like fun to watch, even though the show was bad. This show is just goddamn awful. And it's, it's like there, there's, there's now starting to, to be like AEW levels of production mistakes that are like just technical errors that, that you wouldn't expect the WWE to normally make. I mean, it's just quickly to run down some of the stuff. It's like Hogan and Flair come out there, that long promo at the beginning. It's just fucking embarrassing. Like no one cares about any of the people on there. You're trying to get people to care about Ali because Hulk Hogan keeps saying, because this man, Ali brother, like no one's going to care about Ali. I'm sorry. We already what decided comment- we didn't care about him. Would a commentary say that's the greatest team in history or something? Jesus, that's not even the greatest team this this <laughs> semester. Uh, you know, and then then we got a uh, then they're showing us like a bunch of tag teams that nobody cares about that are supposed to be in some turmoil match at Crown Jewel. No one gives a shit about these tag teams. Dolph yeah. Ziggler had a match that was like five minutes, but he didn't do a chin lock again, which leads me to believe that he's ribbing us by sneaking the chin lock in on commercial breaks so that we can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Like a fucking prick that he is. They had a they had a Bray Wyatt's funhouse that was fucking god awful. Um, Braun Strowman sucks. He just sucks at everything. Um, here's here's one of the errors. They say that the six man main event is up next, and then they immediately cut to Nikki Cross coming to the ring and say her match is up next. <laughs> like, wh- wh- which is it? Um, 
that there's a there's a spot where uh Sonia is supposed to punch Nikki Cross to start the heat and the camera like cuts away from her like right before she punches it. So like they miss they completely miss the heat the heat cut off. Um then later on uh Nikki and or Sonia fucked up a spot so bad that I don't even know how to describe the spot to you. That's how bad they fucked it up. I don't even know what it was supposed to be, but they fucked it up so bad it was embarrassing. Um Kane Velasquez comes out his music sounds like the generic shit they would give Raul Mendoza if he turned heel. At least at least that's what I thought until um, on 205 Live, Raul Mendoza actually came out, and his music was way better than Cain Velasquez. Um, yeah, he has cool music. Fucking, they're talking about, like, you know, Rey Mysterio comes out, and he's like, yo, my son Dominic is doing better day by day. It's like, what are you talking about? He, did, he got a couple of suplexes. Like, what, what, what is these life-threatening injuries? Like, a couple of suplexes? This kid wants to be a WWE superstar, and he's going to, like, he's going to be out, like, like he's in a coma after, like, a couple of German suplexes? I think this is the wrong business for him. Um, well, plus, then, he's young. Sh- shouldn't he heal quicker? Super. Super quick, you know? You, can, you can't do nothing. Like, when you're that young, like, nothing hurts you. Um, then you got the, the backstage thing where, you know, they're, they're like... Looking at Dominic because uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, raped him backstage or whatever, and he's he's back on the trainer's table in the back in the backstage area, and you got this 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 trainer. Is this, is this a real trainer that they got here, or is this some guy that they gave a collared shirt? Because he's sitting there like like guys, guys, I need some space. I need some space, guys, guys. I need some space. I need some space, guys, guys. I need some space. Like he says it like twelve times. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and then Pat Buck is there. Like for what? I don't know. But we haven't seen him since the last time he got attacked by Brock Lesnar. And he's like staring, he's like hovering over Dominic and staring at him. Possibly he's waiting for a chance to grope Dominic. And then as soon as Brock shows up, then, you know, he takes. No, I think he's probably trying to wait for the camera to turn away so he can steal Dominic's wallet. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, well probably both. He probably wants to grope him and steal his wallet. Um, so Brock comes in and he immediately takes off, which is too bad because I wanted him to, you know. I want him to get run over again. Um, yeah. yeah, the only the only good thing about this episode of SmackDown was that Shinsuke Nakamura showed up in four segments. Other than that, uh, and they didn't do anything with him in those four segments, but, you know, at least he got some time. <laughs> at least he got some camera time. But it's just like this whole thing was just just a, an embarrassment. They should Everybody there should be embarrassed. You just fired Eric Bischoff. And then you put out one of the worst shows that anybody's ever seen. Now, I don't think that Eric Bischoff had anything to do with these shows being good or not good. He wasn't even there long enough to make a difference. But, like, it's just, I hope they're all ashamed. And when they see the ratings come in, like, next week, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's an awful lot lower than it has been. Yeah, well, I will say this, okay? Um, In their defense, they had to promote this freaking uh, Saudi Arabia show, which happens tomorrow. So luckily the Friday SmackDown will be fresh, you know, new storylines, you know, Saudi Arabia is over with, and we can see where, you know, where they're, they're going to go from there. So luckily we get a Daniel Bryan Nakamura program. Um, I was wondering, do you know if Sami Zayn's injured? I thought he would have at least wrestled in that eight man tag, but he didn't. I don't know. I don't know if he, if he wants to be a manager or if he's hurt or, or what his deal is. 
yeah, I have no idea because I don't really keep up with that kind of stuff. That's kind of your job. But yeah, true. If if um, I don't, t- I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say he's probably not injured. It's probably just how they're booking him because they don't give a fuck about him. I'm sure Vince McMahon's like, I don't want to see that man with his shirt off. You know, that's probably what it really is. So don't think too much into it. Uh, this is like, and the fact, and what you said there, like they have to promote crown jewel, you know, crown jewel is not a bad card. It's the way they're promoting it. That fucking sucks. Like you're telling me that with those matches, you couldn't have come up with something better than this. Like, it's not that hard. You know, I, I I got no problem with watching crown jewel. I got a problem with watching fucking SmackDown is what I got a problem with. Yeah. This is supposed to be on Fox. You guys were supposed to like, you're getting you're supposed to be seen by a a wider audience and you're you're trying to get people to like help out with the promotion and shit and you're just embarrassing yourself you don't even know how to fucking you can't even make the fucking show that you used to make you know which which you phoned it in and you were lazy and uncreative and it was still better than this so i i i I can't say enough bad things i mean i i want to eventually stop recording this podcast otherwise I would keep talking about how bad this episode of SmackDown was. <laughs> yep. And uh, Shorty G's uh, new ring gear, dude. What's up with that? He's got one of the best physiques in the company, and they're covering him up. It's, just, it's, it's ridiculous. Yep. It's like, hey, this guy's short. Well, he's built. Yeah, we'll cover it up. Now, what, is it, what does he look? He look, reminds me of something. He looks like a Street Profit. <laughs> Isn't that uh, the Street yeah. Profit's outfit? Isn't that like exactly the Street Profit's outfit, except just different colors? It is, and you notice, uh, one thing I noticed too, I don't know if I brought it up last week, uh, oh, we haven't covered really. Well, I was going to say, Montez Ford wears a singlet now, before he used to wear no shirt. Mm-hmm. The singlet makes, he looks, now he looks skinny. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's, he's, he's not a big guy, but he's, but he's ripped, but the singlet makes him look skinny, it, makes him, it doesn't look good for him. He always looks skinny, but you know what? You know why, right? You, you, come on, you know why that he wore the singlet. What? Because of that gyno he has. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that obvious, though. But, I mean... Yeah. I mean, it's not as obvious as some guys that have had it. But I can only... Like, why else would you go from wearing a singlet... Or from not wearing a singlet to wearing one? Now that you made your big Raw debut. You know? What What other what other reason yeah. could there possibly be? There's not an ounce of body fat on that guy. Except except right there in the in the in in his nipples. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I, they, they had another preview episode of backstage and I watched it last time when they had a preview episode, it like my recording cut off and I didn't get to watch it all. But this time I watched the whole thing and they had some interesting, you know, stuff on there. But, uh, the only real, the only real important part that I wanted to cover is, you know, they were doing an interview with Roman Reigns and then, um, Baron Corbin came in and attacked him during his interview. It was like a live interview right after SmackDown. And then, you know, Corbin attacks Roman Reigns, right? And then, yeah. you know, they're getting ready to they're they're getting ready to go to commercial break and Christian is like, he didn't even take his crown off. <laughs> 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 oh, so So they're so they are so they are kind of shooting, huh? It's kinda of, it's kinda of real. Eh, kinda. But you know, it's it, a lot of it's just a work, you know. I mean, you'd have to watch it. You know? You'll get to see November 5th. You know, they're teasing a big announcement and a huge special guest. I mean, I can only imagine who that might be, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, they, they, you know, uh, 
they they basically just talk about all the kayfabe storylines that are going on in the thing. It's it's kind of just like the kickoff panels, you know, where they're not like explicitly um, shooting on things, but they're just kind of trying to talk realistically about the fake stuff. Yeah. Uh. So then then there was two hundred five live, you know, I guess going on at the same time, and uh, Leo Rush was there, like you said. And, uh, I I think it's dumb, the whole NXT cruiserweight title thing. That's very confusing because you still have the show with the cruiserweights, but now you've branded, uh, you've branded it the NXT cruiserweight title, even though there's heavyweights in NXT and they've got their own kind of thing going on. It doesn't, it seem to you like when they were coming up with ideas on what to do with 205 Live, and they thought maybe they were going to get rid of 205 Live so the NXT would absorb the 205 Live roster. And then, so they named it the NXT Cruiserweight belt, but then they decided not to get rid of 205 Live, but then they didn't change the belt name back. <laughs> Isn't that more yeah. like what it seemed like happened? I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And now everything's flipped. Now And now uh, 205 Live is going to be taking NXT guys. You know, Drake Maverick made that announcement. Yeah, it's just... the. the they're so fucked up. God damn, stupid piece of shit. It's supposed to be the best wrestling company in the world and fucking suck at everything. Uh, the and and what what else is funny too is like you look at the you look at NXT UK right. What do they call their heavyweight title or their main title? They call it the WWE United Kingdom title. They don't call it the WWE UK NXT. You know, whatever. They don't even call it NXT UK. They call it the WWE United Kingdom Championship. So I didn't know that. That's weird. Why wouldn't yeah, why wouldn't you just say the WWE Cruiserweight Championship? The WWE covers all of it. It covers everything. It covers Raw SmackDown and NXT and 205 yeah. Live and everything else that you could and, and NXT UK. It comes up it covers up anything that you can come up with. It covers all that. So just say WWE and call it a day and quit being stupid. Um, and then Brian Kendrick, uh, did like a working shoot promo. So if you want to know how to do a shoot promo, but still do a work, watch Brian Kendrick's promo. You saw this promo, correct? Yeah, I did see it. I actually wrote, I, wrote, I took a note down. He was at, he was legit shooting, uh, before he returned to the company, uh, or maybe, maybe right when he returned, he actually did an interview and he was talking about exactly what he said how no one sticks around and watches the matches anymore. They're too concerned with looking at their phone and checking their social media. And like, uh, so training with Brian Kendrick for as long as I did, I guarantee you he's still back. I guarantee you he's back there in front of the monitor watching every single match. This is the kind of guy that he is. Right. Now, the reasons that you would want to do that, it's not just because um, you're trying to be respectful. And it's not just because... Um, it's the right thing to do, even though it is both those things. But the thing is, like, you have to know what other people are doing so that you can adjust what you do. So if somebody else is doing something in a match, like a spot or a move or something, you see them do it, you don't want to go out there and do that. You don't want to repeat the same stuff. Um, you also want to see what people do that gets over and what people do that doesn't get over. And you got to make these kind of adjustments for yourself. You have to, you know, you, you learn, 
you learn about the different crowds in the different cities and things like that. You know, you learn yeah. about the people you learn about the people that you could potentially work with. If you're watching somebody else's match, you can see what they do well, what they don't do. So that if you have to work with that person, you can have a better match with that person because you're familiar with what they're supposed to do. You know, if you're sitting there on your phone or just eating catering or whatever, um, then you have to get in the ring with somebody. And you don't have chemistry. Whose fault is that? Uh, it's, it's Plus, just, you can, uh, if you got to call stuff on the fly, a spot gets messed up. You know, you know everybody's moves. You know, you can easily just, you know, call some shit, you know? Right, right. But the way you did the promo was in a way that if wrestling was still real, everything he said would apply. You know what I mean? It's like... I bet you I bet you he wrote that promo himself. Guarantee you. Oh, well, I'm sure he did. He probably didn't write it. He probably just... He probably basically knew what he wanted to say. Um, and... And but that but that that's you know my main thing is always like the realism trying to maintain the realism when the camera's on, you know I'm not as big of a, a stickler about it when you're just doing a podcast or if you're on your social media you know I don't really care if you stay in character on social media if you don't want to it's always better if you do, but I'm not gonna get angry with you if you don't, um, but you know when you're out there so the stuff he says about watching your match like we just described why you would watch a match backstage. But in a kayfabe sense, you would be watching matches backstage to scout your opponents for weaknesses or things like that. So it's like everything he's saying, um, it's it, it fits in the context of if wrestling was a shoot. So now, granted, um, you know, this is the guy that, you know, took a, you know, took a shoot, uh, go to sleep with his face uh, when he should know better. So take all that with a grain of salt. But. Overall, uh, the 205 Live episode is 100 times better than SmackDown, and it's 50% shorter, so it's a win-win. Yeah, my problem with 205 Live, man, the matches are the matches are too long. Like, just seeing that Brian Kendrick promo was kind of a, uh, a breath of fresh air because it was different. But in general, it's like the matches, to me, they're just, they're just too long, you know? I agree with you for the most part, but I think this week it was like the show moved a little bit faster and the matches were shorter. So I felt like they had a few more shorter matches. Um, they usually have like two this time. I think they had like four. So four yeah. plus a Brian Kendrick promo and some backstage stuff. So, you know, that that's what two Oh five live needs to be. It's not, a, it wasn't a great episode, but again, after I just watched that SmackDown, it's like anything's better than that. But even compared to other two Oh five lives, you know, it, it, they picked the pace up in my opinion. And um, so that's enough of that, unless you had anything else to say. Uh, no, just that uh, hopefully Jordan Grace heard that promo because Brian talked about the importance of shaking hands in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, yeah, that might, you know, it's, it's not entirely uh, impossible that her recent thing had nothing to do with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. So the thing, about, the thing about Brian Kendrick, man, uh, he's, a, he's a little guy, but he's real old school. And he also has, he kind of has a bad temper, which is funny. So uh, I don't know, like, because, you know, the, the, a lot of the roster is so young these days, if they even are familiar with what, you know, he used to do on SmackDown and, or his career in general. But uh, even back when I was training with him, he was always kind of was like a, he was kind of a locker room leader back then. Uh, so seeing him cut that promo on 205 is kind of something he would have done to the locker room, like, you know, 18 years ago, you know? 
Yeah, and he doesn't even look that old now. He no, still he looks pretty young. He's like so, he's so right now, so he's, he's 40. 40? He's 40 years old. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though. Like, not, nothing against his promo in particular, but I know that a lot of people feel like that. You know, the veterans feel like what he says. But I also want to just point out, and I'm sure you can kind of, you know, add your own two cents to this, too. But it's like, at a certain time in the business, that's really good to say all that stuff. But there's also there's also the other side of that coin, which is a lot of guys do uh, try to be respectful and they try to get help. And if you don't do exactly uh, what somebody feels like you ought to be doing exactly at that moment and exactly the way they like it, then you're going to get heat. So you can go up and you can ask the veterans all the for all the advice you want and if they're just dicks and they don't want to help you for some reason and then they start telling other people is kids a mark and you know it's like there's enough people that have probably treated younger wrestlers like shit that has caused the generation to just stop asking for help would you agree with yeah. that yeah for sure you know like how Jericho, many pe- how, how many people have been a dick to you for no reason sergio in the locker room and whatever. Oh, and wrestling? Oh, it's a ton of times, dude. Right. And you didn't do nothing different than anybody else did. But nope. for some reason, you go up and you want to shake somebody's hand and they just look at you like, I got to shake this guy's hand. It's like, yeah. Yes. But if I didn't, you'd be mad that I didn't shake your hand. So it's like everything you do in wrestling is wrong. I say that all the time to like my friends and stuff that don't, you know, they, they've never really been on that side of it. I just always, you know, I tell them that I'm just like, Whatever you do in the wrestling business when you're starting out, it's wrong. You know, <laughs> just, that's just yeah. how it is. You can't win. So there's a reason why the culture has changed to be what it is. Because the young people have just stopped asking for advice because they asked and they asked and they asked and they got shut out. And they were finally like, fine, I'll just figure it out myself. And then the old people want to complain like, man, these kids today don't have, you know, have no respect. They don't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. It's like. Yeah, because of you, you know, and uh, there's always been people like no matter how far back in the business you go, there's always been people that were willing to help and they were good guys, you know, you know, no matter how old school you are, there's somebody that was willing to help you at some point. But how do you know when you're new in the business? How do you know which guys those are? You have to, you know, you just have to you have to, you have to take a guess and it, it, it's intimidating, you know, so. Yeah, very, very intimidating. So that, that's all I have to say in the interest of fairness on that. Uh, I have a quick Ring of Honor note. Not that I really care, but I just want to prove that I watch it because I know I just never say anything about Ring of Honor, but I always watch it. So I just wanted to let everybody know that this week, um, Brian Malonis did a fat guy crossbody. You know? Oh, man. So if you don't believe me, go watch it. And he does it. Um, and you've seen Brian Malonis, right? So you know that that's nowhere. No, actually, 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 I don't know who that is. Uh, well, if you Google him, you'll see a very fat man, uh, and he and yeah. uh, a crossbody you probably wouldn't want to take. Speaking of ROH, I I heard that Maria Manic, who uh, recently had another trial at the Performance Center because her contract was up with Ring of Honor, I heard that she may have resided with Ring of Honor, which I found kind of surprising. <laughs> you got to get your story straight, man. You say she signed the Ring of Honor. She's never been on there once. Yeah, now she's like now she's gone to the performance center. Now she's back in Ring of Honor. She still hasn't been on. 
So I'm just waiting yeah. for her to ever show up. I was hoping she she would sign with uh, NXT because she's she's pretty unique. She'll she'll stand out over there. Yeah, but she'll stand out yeah. more in Ring of Honor. Yeah, there's there's less there's less women that look like that there. You know, even even the even the WWE right now has like a Rhea Ripley. What do you what what, what would you rather see uh, Maria Manic do that you wouldn't want to see Rhea Ripley do? It's like, I'll take the Rhea Ripley, please. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take the Maria. I'll take the Maria Manic. Really? Over Rhea? Yeah, yeah. No, all right. Sure. All right. Well, speaking of Rhea Ripley, I don't have any UK notes because it's another Ginny-free episode, which means there's nothing to say. Um, so let's just go to Raw then. Now, any uh, any any Viper Niven? No. I, I actually I watched. Thanks to you, I watched her last few segments because you because you mentioned she's on there. Okay. Yeah. No. No. No women. Hardly at all. There was like a quick Zaya Brookside uh, little video. Uh, vignette thing like she was making a video with a camera and that was it but other than that there was no women on this week's episode at all and that's really the only thing I care about in NXT UK because they've got a nice little women's division and they've got Walter and they, they may have like one or two other people but most of them are just jabronis so yeah that's bad so anyways moving on to Raw um, now you said you like this episode of Raw so I'll let this all be you you can talk about whatever you want to talk about on the show because I only have one note. <laughs> and the note is this. If they're going to make Kyrie ditch the pirate gimmick, then they have to change her music because her music is clearly pirate music where the lyrics are all yo ho, 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 ho. You know, it's like that's that's just a pirate song. So if, if you're not going to have her be a pirate anymore, then change the music. That's all I got to say. The rest is all you. Take it away. Well, I was going to say, uh, I'm going to assume you hated the uh, Rusev-Lashley segment. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it is just kind of like the same shit WWE always does. It's like they've, they've done this many times with many different people. It's never interesting. It's never different. But I, I, I think hate is a strong word. You'd hate it? It reminded me of the Attitude Era. I thought it was really good. I think they're doing... This angle, I think, is really getting Rusev over, like, organically. I think this is the best that Bobby Lashley's ever looked. I think everyone, I think everyone's, like, it's, it's like, in the, in the right role. I think this is, it's working out great, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm a big fan of it. For the record, the, for the record, the best Bobby Lashley ever looked was the last time Impact was any good. But go ahead. Uh, uh, his, his promos are on point right now, because, you know, they're, yeah, I think his, his his mic skills are limited, so I think I think what he's doing Whatever. now is just just the right amount. Uh, so yeah, so I, I was a big fan of that. I like how they built the show around it. Um, you can tell. I don't know how much control Heyman actually has, but uh, I knew after the draft was settled, I was I was looking forward to Raw because I knew it was going to be unique, which it has been. I, I knew that he'd be pushing young guys. So I'm I'm really digging the uh, Humberto Carrillo push every week. Uh, Buddy Murphy, I like how Murphy got a promo. He got a win. That was pretty cool. Uh, the matches weren't too long. Um, oh, <coughs> I really do think they're planting the seeds for a for a Seth heel turn. Like little things 
he's doing. Uh, the uh, post-Raw show, he did a promo on how he feels disrespected by the fans. Little things like that. He So he beat Eric Rowan, but he had to use a forklift. Now, like, granted, it was false count anywhere, but it was kind of like a heelish. I feel like, I feel like they're doing it subtly. Like, do you agree with that or no? Mm, I mean, it, it could be. It could be. I don't want to give them any credit for subtlety, though. There's nothing subtle about anything they do. Yeah, yeah. It's usually like, like you know, looking at you're like you're struggling to you're straining to find something. And I and I find myself uh, feeling okay the same way I've been feeling about Seth Rollins. I find myself feeling the same about Becky Lynch, and I think it's because like the her character needs to be going in the same direction as his because I feel like she's 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 a heel. There's nothing really babyface about her, and I and I so I'm really hoping. They start platting those seeds and they and they turn them both at the same time. What do you think about that? Uh, no. Uh, I'm just gonna say no. I don't think Becky Lynch is necessarily a heel right now. I mean, what is heelish about Becky Lynch? Uh, just uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like her being positioned as a babyface just it just doesn't it just doesn't really feel like a. It just doesn't feel natural. I feel like she just needs to go, go heal already. You know, she's kind of arrogant, rightfully so. They can't though. It's like they 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 tried that. That's how they ended up here. If <laughs> you forget already, like they tried to turn her heel, no one was having it. They refused. So she's at where she's at now. But she's kind of like, she's not the traditional baby face where she's like a aw shucks. You know, like she's not she's not shorty G out there saying. You know, I am who I am, or whatever bullshit he's saying. Like he, she, she's just like more like, uh, look, I say I'm the best, and I'm gonna kick everybody's ass, and then I'm gonna do it. That's kind of you know, it's more like a, it's more like a non underdog baby face, more like a, you know, the the favorite baby face. Like you expect yeah. Becky Lynch to win. She's pretty tough, which is kind of what they've been doing with Seth Rollins, but he doesn't fit in that role. Becky doesn't really fit in the heel role she might be able to pull off the heel role but it's just not natural at this point if you turned her heel now you'd be forcing it just like they tried to force it before uh it's just it's just a she's just in a weird spot right because she can't be the underdog anymore but she can't be a heel so she's just stuck as like an overpowered baby face instead you know it's just like yeah, it's just it's just a weird situation, but the you know the the people are into it. Um, I like you know I like Becky Lynch. I like whatever she's doing. So, you know she's got my support. But uh, I do agree that something is not quite right, and I just assume that it's just their booking and their handling of her. Like, there's what what do you? Here's the problem, bro. We already said this before, but it was a while ago, so maybe everybody forgot. But it's like. What baby faces are there in the women's division? You fucking turn them all heel. Name a baby face in the women's division, bro. Go ahead, name one. Well, okay, so Charlotte's supposed to be a baby face, but, but she's, she's not. She's, she's not. naturally un. Yeah, she's naturally unlikable. Yep. So uh, Sasha, they they turned Kyrie and Oscar, who could have been over as baby faces. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. They don't really Bay- have any. Bailey, yeah. Lacey Evans. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're all Nat- Natalia. Funny. Natalia's a baby face, and no one likes her. Um, so she's basically <laughs> a heel. Uh, 
whatever the riot squad are doing, they're all heels. Um, who else is a woman? Ember Moon's gone. She's a baby face. She's like the only baby face they had. Uh, and they buried her. Uh, who else? Who do they got? I mean, how can you, if you turn Becky Lynch heel, like who's left? There's nobody left to have any sort of a program with. When Ronda was there, they turned her ass heel. It's like, it's like, bro, can you try not turning people heel? Can you just try it? Like, there's no reason for it. You know, I, I swear they just do it to get heat, like, or, or like not to get heat, like the way we, it's because the, because it's because the people have heat, like Bailey's got heat with somebody. So they, they're like, you know what? Get a haircut. You know, it's just like, there's no baby faces. So what is Becky supposed to do? It's the company's fault for putting her in this position and she's doing the best she can. Becky Lynch is one of the top, uh, chicken salad and lemonade makers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not knocking Becky Lynch. I think I think they definitely. I think uh, as a fan or fantasy booking, if you will, I think we need to see more on air of Becky and Seth together. I, I, I don't know why they're not doing. I think anybody that has some connection to somebody else, they should play that up as much as they can. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like if Ric Flair is there and Charlotte's there, like I better see something. If yep. if. Uh, if Seth and Becky are there, I better see something. If the OC and Finn Balor are in the same building, I want to see something. Like I want to see these people. Like don't don't act like they don't exist. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Like no one exists till they come through the the entrance with their music on. <laughs> the rest of the time yeah. they don't exist. Yeah. It's like it's the same thing. It's like you know, like when when something happens on a show and then the, the next week they're like. Hey man, what happened last week? It's like, what you didn't talk to me the other six days of this week? You know, you didn't text me. You know, he's <laughs> like, time stops until the next episode. So, you know, that's yeah. what they always do. So, um, so is that is that it for Raw? I mean, really, just uh, another uh, another week of no EC3. We got so little EC3, he wasn't even included in in running around the ring for that horrible twenty four seven segment. You know the set. Oh no, I didn't. He wasn't out there, huh? Wasn't out there, no. So, so uh, my uh, positive thinking is he's in line for a big push, and they want us to forget about him. So he's not on TV at all, and they're just gonna bring him back like he like he's debuting again. We're we're getting ready to see the ECW vignette, or the EC3 vignettes. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's definitely why. I, I don't know why you're not a New Day fan because the power of positivity is strong with you. <laughs> so um, all right well moving on from that i guess now normally this would be the part where i get all excited and have faith in the wrestling business again because it's where we talk about nwa power um but i have to say that that uh, this was a soul crushingly disappointingly camille free episode now Camille was on the episode, but it was all just clips of stuff that's already happened on other episodes. So um, I just barely want to talk about it, but did you Those watch lazy it? Bastards. Uh, I didn't get to watch it, unfortunately. Um, no, I didn't watch it. So there's some interesting stuff going on there. Like now I notice that I don't want to sound like I'm trying to, you know, run them down just because Camille wasn't on the episode, but, but like I've noticed some repetitive stuff. You know, like people just keep coming out to the desk and interrupting and then people keep interrupting the interrupters and that, that whole thing. Um, 
And so it's it's like a weird like Eli Drake is doing this very weird sort of like his character is like a baby face almost like he he's sticking up for guys and he's like he's saying he's he's out there talking about how James Storm deserves a shot at Nick Aldis's NWA title. I'm like, who the fuck is this asshole? And what has he done with Eli Drake? <laughs> yeah, like, this yeah, isn't in your character. So it's kind of like they want him to be a, a baby face, but you know. You know, maybe they're trying to avoid the WWE problem of turning everybody heel. So, you know, they want to try something else with him. I mean, or maybe they're just letting people just, you know, hey, we're not going to just say we're not going to put you in a box and say you're definitely a babyface or definitely a heel. Maybe we'll just have you act how we want you to act and see what the people do. You know, it could be some of that. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we just we just perceive Eli as such a natural heel, you know, so. Right. Right. Yeah, it still it still just seems weird that he'd be offering somebody else getting a title though. Uh, yeah. So and Colt Cabana is like, it's almost like he's a heel in this situation. It's just it's just kind of weird. But huh. you'd have to you have to watch it to see what I'm talking about. Then there's a there, there's a you know Eddie Kingston and Homicide have a match against those like Dawson brothers or whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, okay. I re- <laughs> I like Eddie Kingston, man. Uh, he t- he took he, he took a finish on a pile of chairs, and like his selling of it is just so good. Like it was re- it wasn't like it was cartoony, but it was so like it was so kind of realistic. Like I just had to laugh at it anyway. Um, yeah, Eddie Kingston, dude, his mic skills, man, are uh, are above and beyond uh, most people in the business. I would say he, he's he, he's on it. Right. Yeah. He's he's good. You know, obviously. Um, you know, his uh, physique isn't up to his mic skills par, but that's okay. No. He wears a shirt, you know? He's not embarrassing himself. Uh, Speaking of physiques, uh, I heard Aaron Stevens wrestle. Did, 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 he, look, did he look like he was in, he was in decent shape? Uh, he's, in, he's in contention for dad bod of the year. Oh, great. But he's never been a physique. Well, even when he was a physique guy, he wasn't a physique guy. He was a weird, he's a weird-shaped guy. If you watched, like, uh, he was on the gas, but like, if you look at his body, he definitely didn't have a bodybuilder's body. So it's almost like he didn't work out. He just took the gas. So however yeah, he looked, that's say, how he looked. Yeah, if you if you look at old 2005 OVW pre wellness policy days, he had a pretty good physique, or he was clearly on the gas. But that was yeah. that was it. Yeah, I was there. I was there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and what I what I remember about him from that time is he had a he had a feud with some guy named Danny Inferno and he I can't remember who which one of the guys but they set up uh one of the guardrails between the ring and the other guardrail and somebody got backdropped onto it so if you remember like if you if you remember those guardrails like they were the legit uh heavy steel guardrails right yeah. So if you remember at OVW, like one of those guardrails um, on the on the like the entranceway side, like the bars were kind of bent on it. Um, that's from that backdrop. <laughs> I remember Ouch. seeing that. I was just like, "Fuck." <clears throat> uh, and the other thing I remember about uh, Aaron Stevens from back then is like he like he was one of those yelling promos, like in the '80s when everybody just screamed into the microphone all the time. That's how he used to do promos. So uh. he he got a lot better since then. But at that time, that's basically who it was. It was like he wanted to be Edge or something. 
He was just screaming <laughs> at the mic all the time. So did you ever did you ever cross paths with uh, Brent Albright? N- uh, not personally. I might have shook his hand or whatever. We never uh, talked, okay. but he was there when I was there. Yeah, because he was one of the guys I remember <clears throat> who was like there right when I got there, but I never met him. He always seemed kind of like a like a guy you wouldn't want to fuck with in the ring. He just seemed like a legit dude. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's the kind of guy you don't want to go up and shake their hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the exact kind of people we were talking about. It's like, oh, this guy's going to hate me, so I'll just stay out of his way. Yeah, back then, though, they, they were all that way, dude. They were. And plus, the other difference is like, okay, so if you're on an indie show, right, and you're in a locker room with guys you don't know, like, they might think of you that way. But you're on the show, you're all there, whatever. At OVW, with the with the students and the you know the advanced and the contract guys, it's like there was a clear class distinction between us. So it wasn't the same as like being on an indie show locker room. It was like they knew you were just somebody who paid money to train, and they definitely treated you that way. And everybody yeah. treated us that way. Jim Cornette, you know, looked down on us. You know, um, yeah, yeah. So it's just like it, it was different. Like you, even if you wanted to do things the respectful way, the traditional way, it's like it, they didn't. You know, you really had to know which guys were nice and stuff that would actually treat you like a person. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's your story. Yeah, but the, you know, so the episode was good. You know, just like always, promo match, promo match, promo match, vignettes fake commercials that are funny just you know all that stuff um, any uh, any any uh, ricky starks he, he's, he's my guy yep. down there yeah well that's who that's who aaron stevens had a match with oh okay so you get to see that and um yeah so check that out and even though there's no camille um that's it that's all i got it's everything i got this week do you have anything else did we forget anything uh, I think that about covers it, man. <clears throat> it's a lot. It feels like a lot, but you know, somehow we still only came in at like under two hours. So, okay, we seem to always hit uh, around that time. I think it's kind of our sweet spot. Is like yeah. slightly under two hours, and it's probably because they've added way more wrestling now. Because now we're talking about two hours of NXT. Now we're talking about two hours of AEW. Now we're talking about an hour of NWA, you know, we're maybe maybe if anything happens on AEW Dark, we're talking about that. Yeah. Um, they're just, you know, we're trying to we're trying to deliver our show in a in a concise and a time friendly fashion, and they just keep adding more wrestling out in the universe that we got to talk about. <laughs> so too much. so we we can't we can't be uh, blamed, um, but you know we're just we're just trying to do our best. So. Um, to that end, uh, if you like us doing our best, then please follow us on social media and give us, um, any feedback, uh, ask any questions or interact with us any way that you want. We want to help, uh, we want to, we want to have a better show for you. Um, so no matter who you are or what you think, just, uh, let us know. Um, you know, we're, we're just trying to, uh, we're just trying to improve in any way that we can and, we can most easily do that if we know what you like and what you don't like. So um, all feedback and all questions are welcome. 
And you can find uh, me at uh, Opinion Haver everywhere that social medias are found. Um, no matter what it is, just Google me and I will pop up somehow. Jamie Williams and Sergio, you can be found at... Yeah, Twitter at uh, Mr. Sergezilla. That's uh, Mr. Just M-R, not uh, M-I-S-T-E-R. Sergezilla, kind of like Godzilla. Take out the God, put in the search. And uh, Instagram, just Sergezilla. Just Sergezilla. Speaking of Zillas, um, I recently got from the Criterion Collection the Blu-ray set of the Godzilla films from 1954 to 1975. They come in a nice uh, hardcover book. And if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen a picture of this book. Um, oh, so, wait, did you put that on Facebook? I think I did. I think I okay. put it on all three. I think I put it on all three, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So that's what that was. It was like, those are all Blu-rays in there. Uh, okay, so I saw that, and just like 99% of the rest of your posts, I had no idea what I was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your uh, your social media outside of the outside of wrestling uh, is a puzzle to me. <laughs> well, the good news is that it's you're still connected to the internet, so whatever whatever I have, yeah, sure um, I can you can look, look up. up. Oh yeah, and um, speaking of which, that tonight, um, I guess Poppy's supposed to be an NXT, so looking forward to that. We'll see what she does. She's got the best gimmick um, in the world, wrestling or otherwise. So. Uh, it'd be, yeah. in, I've, I've been thinking like she fits right in with the world of wrestling with her gimmick and everything. So it's like, they could do something there. They could do like a vignette or, or something is something. So we'll see if they do. Um, so yeah, check that out. Well, uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of gimmicks. Okay. So I'm on your Facebook looking at the Godzilla thing and, uh, I just so happened to pass through your friends and I came across a redhead by the name of Isabella Yemet. And I have a thing for redheads. Mm. I don't know who this chick is, but she's pretty damn hot. Um, I'll be you know I'll be do I know who you're talking about? I'll be hundred percent honest with you, Sergio. I have no idea who that is. But she wanted guys, to be my friend and who was I to turn her down? I wouldn't have turned her down. All right. So. Sorry, I had to I was speaking out loud there. Oh, that's all right. We're live, pal. So <laughs> Yep. So that uh, that should just about do it for this week, but, um, barring any catastrophic emergencies, we'll be back at the same time next week. Uh, we have been two in and we are now out. <laughs>